Uh, when, in 1937, you did Hamlet at, at, at the Old Vic, I believe you and Tony Guthrie worked out a rather original approach to the character. Yes. That was inspired by a man whose name was Professor Ernest Jones, who wrote a book, title of which I'm afraid I can't remember. But it was concerning itself with Hamlet in the light of the Oedipus complex. Now, he made a, a really watertight case about this. And we believed in it thoroughly. And although I would not go so far as to say that that's all the play's about now, I did in those days. I thought that that was the absolute resolution of all the problems concerning Hamlet. And it, for what little use it had, it at least gave one a central idea which seemed to fulfill the great vacuum provided by all the crossed ideas about Hamlet, what he really was, what he really wasn't, uh, whether he's a man of action, whether he wasn't a man of action. Now, he could perfectly safely be a man of action under the auspices of that particular idea that he couldn't kill the king because, subconsciously, of course, couldn't kill the king because he was guilty himself. Now, although now I think there are many more things in Hamlet than that, but I, I still would favor the idea that... Uh,
before I stop. Drink your juice, but don't blow your top. Cause I'm gonna tell you what I got. Serve a little whiskey, beer, and wine. Gin and scotch and soda sometime. After a while, after a while, after a while, after a while, we gonna drink a little moonshine liquor after a while. Good gookamooka, just to look at me. I got a little girl, sweet as she can be, my baby. Crazy about the guns, she's crazy. 
It's a very rough estimate of the theme of Shakespearean tragedy. You know, uh, it's so easy to say 
and is constantly said, and it's, it's rough, roughly good enough, that uh, Shakespearean tragedy is founded by Shakespeare upon the theme of a perfect statue of a man, perfect statue. And he shows one fissure in the statue and how that fissure makes the statue crumble down and disappear into utter disorder. Well, from that idea, you roughly get that Othello is perfect, except that he's too easily jealous. But there seems to me, and that has grown in me, a conviction in, over the last few years, that in most of the characters, not all, but in most of them, that weakness is accompanied by the weakness of self-deception as a companion fault to whatever fault may be specified by the character in the play. And it's very easy to find in Othello. And once you've found it in Othello, I think you have to go along with it. If you believe, as I do, as I try to show, and I think I do, that when he says, not easily jealous, it's the most appalling bit of self-deception. He's the most easily jealous man that anybody's ever written about. The minute he suspects, or thinks he has the smallest grounds for suspecting Desdemona, he wishes to think her guilty. He wishes to. And the very first thing he does, almost on top of that, is to give way to the passion, the temptation of, as the, as the worst passion in the world, which is murder. He immediately wants to murder. Immediately.
The flames they followed Joan of Arc as she came riding through the dark. No moon to keep her armor bright. No man to get her through the smoky night. Said I'm tired of the war. I want the work I had before, a wedding dress or something white to wear upon my swollen appetite. La la la. la. To hear you talk this way, I've watched you riding every day, and something in me yearns to win such a cold and lonesome heroine, and who are you? La 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 
the mist leaves no scar on the dark green hill where my body leaves no scar on yours and never will like windows in the dark the children come the children go like arrows with no targets Like shackles made of snow Was there a moment when you knew you were there, that all was set fair for your future? Well, I'd been on the stage now just 20 years. I'd just finished making Henry V. And I don't know how or why, I just went into it with the same distrust of the critics, the same fear of public opinion as I'd always experienced. I went onto the stage, frightened, heart beating, came on, locked the door behind me, approached the footlights and started. And I, I just simply went through it. I don't think anybody in the company believed in the project at all. I think everybody was rather in despair about the whole production. And nobody particularly believed in my performance. None of us particularly believed in any of our performances in it. And so I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just once more, once more going to have, as we say, a bash. I had developed this characterization. I've got a lot of things on my side. Now I come to think of it from the point of view of timeliness. 
one had Hitler over the way. Uh, one was playing it as a, definitely as a paranoiac, so that there was a core of something to which the audience would immediately respond. I fancy, I may be quite wrong, but I fancy to companion this idea, I sort of... Oh, oh, oh. 
you d developed into the kind of actor you were when there were no real permanent ensembles, subsidized ensembles in this country. Do you think you'd have developed in the same way if you'd joined a company like the other one you have now at the Old Vic when you were beginning? Well, in a, in a way, from time to time, that has been so with me. From my earlier, the Birmingham Rep, I was there for two years or two seasons. I was at the Old Vic for two years. I was um, with Ralph. We, we engaged with work for the new Old Vic of the new theater for five years. We tasted the blessings of a permanent troupe. We saw, one can see, when a foreign company who is used to the idea of a permanent ensemble, such as the Moscow Arts Theater, when they arrive on, upon our shores and we see their work, it is that hot breath of unity that whenever I've seen it all through my life, sometimes quite rarely, but whenever I have, has always seemed to me to be more important than the star system. It is more important to an audience, ultimately, than the star system, though goodness knows how many years it's going to take us to uh, make that clear to them. But it must be made clear to them.
Have you found it difficult to find bits of yourself in the evil characters you've played? What you need to make up your makeup as an actor is uh, observation, intuition. You must, at its most highfalutin, uh, the ex most highfalutin expression of it, the actor is as important as the illuminator of the human heart is as important as the psychiatrist or the doctor, minister, if you like. That's putting him very high and mightily. At the opposite end of that pole, you've got to find in the actor a man who will not be too proud to scavenge that tiniest little bit of human circumstance. Observe it, use it, find it, use it sometime or another. I've frequently observed things, and thank God, if I haven't got a very good memory for anything else, but I've got a memory for little details. And I've had things in my back of my mind for as long as 18 years before I've used them. And the, perhaps in those little tiny things, maybe the key to a whole characterization. Guess it should make me glad. 
thinking back on the good times we had. The squawking Jaybird hotel room. That old cotton club saloon. Don't even make me sad. Just makes me kind of mad. And here I am on the road again so soon, so soon. Lying here in these beat up rags. Blotting out the moon with my five cents stogie over you. You can't just stop setting your brother-in-law to calling me about your needing surgery. Bill him that brought you back in at the cracks in the dawn. I'm getting in the wind. Honey, I'm gone on the road again so soon, so Lying here in these beat-up rags Blotting out the moon With my five-cent stogie over you Just thought a country boy Might be fun Didn't look back yonder to see where I was coming from City Sugar You to bow But you ain't laughing now <laughs> But you stop laughing now Yeah I am on the road again so soon so soon lying here in these beat up rags blotting out the moon with my five cent stogie over you you even kept old blue Dumb dog prom fell under your spell too. Gonna get me another hound. And we gonna make the rounds. Run rabbits till they dry. Eat possum till we pop. On the road again so soon, so soon Lying here in these beat-up rags 
blotting out the moon with my fire sent stogie over you though me starting Monday just gonna be short one old flunky better start charging your cheap thrills I'm gone over yonder hill I said it and I'm glad oh Lord the times we had here I am on the road again so soon so Lying here in these beat of rags, blotting out the moon with my five cents stogie over you. Yeah.